In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, I like to wish you all a very happy and blessed Feast of Resurrection. And I like to start by sharing with you a memory uh, before uh, uh, I give some reflections on the Feast of Resurrection. Uh, Forty years ago, exactly in year 1981, one of the servants uh, told me, do you like to learn some hymns that are rarely chanted in the church because these are long hymns and not everybody know them. So I told him, yes, I'm interested to learn these hymns. And by the way, this servant is now His Grace Bishop Daniel of Al Maadi and the Secretary of the Holy Synod. So we went to the cantor of our church, both of us, and the cantor started to teach us some hymns. One of the hymns that we learned is called Katani Chorus, and this hymn actually is chanted in the Feast of Resurrection. It is a very beautiful hymn, but it is long, and not many deacons know it. And after we learned this hymn, uh, when we asked to chant it in the church, it was rejected simply because only three know the hymn and nobody else. And of course, we understood it's not right that only three the cantor and two deacons chant this hymn uh, and everybody is watching. And for 40 years, we never, I never chanted this hymn and I never listened to it at all for 40 years, I mean, 1981 until today. And just yesterday, I, I was speaking to one of the fathers and I told him, our church is very, very rich with the hymnology. We have a heritage of beautiful music. But unfortunately, this heritage, the people who are interested to learn are getting less and less, fewer and fewer. And I give him the example of this hymn, Katani Chorus. And I told him, I learned this hymn 40 years ago, and we never chanted, and I never heard it in any of the churches during these 40 years. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't happy that these hymns are not chanted anymore. So I think God wanted to comfort me. So today, actually, when I heard the deacons chanting this hymn, Katani Chorus, that is the hymn that's chanted after Elopraxis, the long hymn. Uh, I was very, very happy. And finally, I heard this hymn in one of our churches after 40 years from learning this hymn. Uh, yeah, I thank the deacons here for learning these hymns, and not only one or two, but group of the deacons. And 
for reviving this beautiful heritage. I know some people attack the hymns and attack the rights of the church. And they say, what is the benefit of chanting a long hymn for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? And just you say, oh, e, and, and that's it. I think these people, they do not value the importance of the music. These hymns are beautiful music. Even in the secular songs, usually before a singer starts singing his or her song, usually there is about 10 or 15 minutes of just pure music to prepare the people to the words of the song. So these hymns actually prepare our souls, especially if they are chanted spiritually and chanted also in harmony. It prepares our soul and transfer the event, translate the event into our hearts. What do I mean translate the event into our hearts? Between yesterday and today is only 24 hours. Those who attended Good Friday yesterday, you can see how the atmosphere itself is mourning the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, how the rites of the church give us the joy of resurrection. How come only 24 hours and one day you experience the, the mourning of the crucifixion and the other day the joy of resurrection? It is the ritual of the church. It is the hymns of the church. Can you imagine Good Friday without hymns? Can you imagine Good Friday without Agios or without Omonogenes or without Golgosa or without Bexronos or Taishuri Kibira or Tishuri? I, I cannot imagine to celebrate Good Friday without these hymns. So don't come to the church with the attitude they are wasting our time. Come and enjoy the music because this music has a spiritual effect on you. And it can help you to focus more in prayer and to enjoy the feast that we are celebrating. So just in the beginning, I want to thank the deacons for learning this beautiful hymn and chanting it today. And I think God looked at uh, my sorrow yesterday because I said this hymn 40 years, I never heard it. So it was a nice surprise to me to hear Katani Horus today. Okay, so His Holiness, Bob Tawadros, explained to us why the celebration of the Feast of Resurrection is very, very important. I want to say 
we are joyful because of the resurrection of Christ, not because a dear person to us died and then rose from the dead. Can you imagine if there is a dear person, a family member, a sibling, parent, son or daughter, died and then they rose from the dead like Lazarus? I'm sure Mary and Martha were very happy. So, are we joyful because of the resurrection of the Lord, just as Mary and Martha were joyful because of the resurrection of Lazarus? No. No, there is a big, big difference. What is the big difference? Our Lord Jesus Christ is God who in the fullness of time took flesh. Took flesh means took our humanity. Took our human nature. Because our human nature was corrupted after the fall of Adam and Eve, also under the sentence of death, sin abide, abode in, in our nature. So the Lord took our nature in order to heal it, in order to renew it. So, when we say our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, actually we are celebrating the resurrection of the human nature that the Lord Jesus Christ took, that the Son of God took and made it his body, his humanity. So we are celebrating how this human nature defeated death. That's why in the litany for the gospel we say, for you are the resurrection of us all. Now our human nature, death has no authority over it. Because Jesus rose from the dead, meaning all of us will be risen from the dead if we are with him, if we are abiding in him. So we are not just happy because Jesus whom we loved rose from the dead. No. It is our human nature defeated death. And not only that. Also, the Lord carried our sins and carried our curse and died on the cross. So, by his death on the cross, he paid the wages of sin which is death. Then he rose from the dead. This resurrection means our human nature can defeat sin. We can overcome sin. Sin has no authority over us anymore. To explain it more, can you think about a deadly disease? 
When a person is attacked by a deadly disease, like cancer, for example, we expect this person to die. But if they discovered a medicine that can actually treat this disease 100%, it's guaranteed 100%. Now, we are not worried from this disease anymore because there is treatment to it. In the same way, sin was a deadly spiritual disease. Why deadly? Because the wages of sin is death. But the Lord Jesus Christ, by his resurrection, he defeated the power of sin. So, with repentance, sin is not deadly anymore. That's why St. Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is the chapter of resurrection, and that is the Pauline letter of today. When he spoke about the resurrection of Christ, he said, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. So, sin is like sting. If it pierced me, I will die. But now, with the resurrection of Christ, sin lost its power. That's why he said, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that the the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ means that we have victory over sin. Sin, not anymore a deadly spiritual disease. With repentance, I can be healed. So in the resurrection, we have victory over death, victory over sin. Also, as I told you, our nature became corrupted. Although God created us in in corruption, as you, you hear in the reconciliation prayer of St. Basil, O God the great and eternal, who formed man in in corruption. We were created without corruption. But through the cross and the death and resurrection, now we became new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. So our nature is renewed. The resurrection of Christ renewed our nature. We are not corrupted anymore. And this was very important to prepare for another important step. Jesus came as our bridegroom and our bride, his bride. It was impossible for God who is holy, 
to be united with us while we are corrupted. It is impossible. There is no fellowship between light and darkness. No fellowship between corruption and incorruption. That's why our nature must be renewed. Then this union between Christ and us can happen. So through the resurrection of Christ, the union between God and us became possible. And we became a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abide in you. I'm sure you noticed what our Lord Jesus Christ said to Mary Magdalene. He told her, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. How his father became our father and how his God became our God. Because of this union between our Lord Jesus Christ and us, and this union became only possible after the resurrection of Christ. So the father is the father to the son and he has only one begotten son, only one. But by the resurrection and this union between us and the son, his father became our father. And because he shared us in everything, God who is our God, he called him his God also. So as we call the Father God, Jesus now calling the Father God because he and us became one. And lastly, he said, I will ascend. He ascended by our human nature. So, in the fraction of Bright Saturday, those who attended the liturgy this morning at the end of Apocalypse. Uh, there is emphasis on how he entered by our nature into the heaven and this place no human nature can enter. Listen to what the fraction says. We say, you are the king of the ages, the immortal, everlasting, the logos of God, who is above all, the shepherd of the rational sheep, the high priest of the good things to come, who ascended into the heavens and has become higher than the heavens, and he went within the veil to the holy place of the holies, the place into which any one of human nature cannot enter, cannot enter. So the human nature cannot enter into the heaven of heavens. But now Jesus entered into the heaven of heavens by our humanity. And 
since he entered by our humanity, by our human nature, then he gave us access also to enter into the heaven of heavens. And this was impossible without the resurrection. So, as I told you, when we celebrate resurrection, we are not just celebrating a person who died and rose and who are happy. No. It is our resurrection. Because through the resurrection of Christ, at least five things. Number one, we have victory over death. Because he defeated death in our humanity, in our human nature. Number two, victory over sin. Because he nailed our sin to the cross. He carried our sin and he nailed our sin to the cross. And now sin is not a deadly disease. We have repentance, we have sacrament communion given for us for salvation, remission of sins and eternal life. So sin to the believers are not deadly disease. Also number three, he renewed our nature. We became new creation through his death and resurrection. In baptism, we participate in his death and his resurrection, and we became new creation. Since now we are new creation, we can be united with him. We can be one with him. So our God became his God, and his father became our father. We are one with Jesus. And since we are one with him, When he entered into the heaven of heavens, we entered, as St. Paul said, uh, he raised us with himself and he seated us with him in the heavenly places. Because our human nature is seated in the heavenly places. Although this place, no human nature can enter. But now it's possible through the resurrection of Christ. So now when Abuna says in the Latin for the Gospel, for you are the resurrection of us all, now we understand what does it mean? He is our resurrection. He is our resurrection. So we praise him. We glorify him. We thank him. We worship him. For all the beautiful gifts that he granted us through his resurrection, from death. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Supposition on the feet.